You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Time now for Technically Speaking, and we have to throw away the fundamentals, and we have to get rid of all the bluster about uh, central banks and Donald Trump and drone strikes on Saudi Arabia, and we have to talk about the pure technicals with France de Klerk, who's an independent technical analyst, and he's speaking to us from somewhere in the depths of the Hurt Karur Desert in South Africa. Let's start with the S&P 500, if we can, France de Klerk, because... I don't care what anyone says, for the last 10 and a half years, if you'd have bought any dip in the S&P 500, you would have made money. Well, Lindsay, I mean, if you want to to have a nice chart, you must maybe just look at the monthly chart of the S&P 500, and then you will see that it's exactly like that. In actual fact, the S&P had maybe last year from, let's call it September to December, a small, tiny dip if you look on a monthly chart. But otherwise, it's just one way to the top. I mean, um, I mean, you couldn't go wrong. You can, must just go in. You must just buy. And that is the big thing that I would love to point out this afternoon. Always remember that indicators will never lie inevitably. So what will happen at one certain point, especially after a 10-year bull market, you'll get to a point where suddenly indicators will um, get their chance and they will come in and really trigger a massive sell-off. Now, the, what I always look at when I see a market like the S&P 500 or even a, a chart in a, in, in a share or even a currency, I always say to myself, okay, the, the chart is again overbought like it is now on the S&P 500. But then I start to look at some formations. Now, a while back when we chatted about it, we talked about a possible inverse head and shoulder that maybe can take the index much higher. But in the meantime, we're just close to that all-time high of the S&P, let's say just below 3,030. And strange enough, if, if the, the listeners can recall a little bit, every time when you, you've got this meeting around interest rates, they push the S&P right to the top in anticipation of this move that's going to take place. So what happened in the past, and I think it's going on now for years, the, let's call it the, the, the traders in the S&P 500 played it to the T. So what they do is they, they about a week or two before um, the, the big meeting will take place in, in connection with fundamentals, they will take the market down and then in anticipation they will push it up. But that every time takes the indicators right to the top. Like, like if I'm looking at the S&P 500, the stochastic, Yes. And I like to use the normal slow stochastic. That is again above 92. Now, when you get an indicator that's above 92 out of a possible 100, it just tells you that everything is priced to perfection. Now, maybe tonight again, we will see what the market wants and the market will go higher and we'll probably maybe see a new high. But in the longer term chart, from around 2018, we suddenly had... A, what you can almost say a rising wedge that that developed. Now, this rising wedge um, is actually very, very nasty because it actually tells you that this rising wedge is building on some steam. So you, you've got conflicting views here. You've got a rising wedge, which I know is always a indicator a that the market's go, that, yeah. that the market is topping or it's going to come back you know, 10, 15, 20 percent, something like that after, after yeah. a 10 and a half year bull market. But you've also got an inverse head and shoulders. So what are you saying here? You, you're telling me that you've got confusing signals. Well, what I 
I've got here is that it's not just the, the S&P 500 that's giving us some confusing signals. It's across the board. Even in the local market, and we'll talk about the top 40 now, you, you also get conflicting signals. But the big thing is, every time that this S&P 500 gets to the stochastic that's above 90, apart from its price to perfection, every time it gets a little bit lower, so it doesn't get to 98, it doesn't get to 97, it wants to turn around now at 92. What, what does that mean? That means if you've got a stochastic, over the long, longer term period. And that stochastic makes constant tiny lows. That tells you that the momentum of this market, especially the S&P 500, is slowly but surely drying up. Now, you will get to a point where maybe it will shoot out, go above 330. Everybody will say, now we're in a back, brand new bull market. We're going to 3,100, nothing wrong. And it will turn around on that stochastic. And that's my big fear about the markets now. Everybody would love to take money overseas out of the South African rand into dollars. But what they do is they put this money into a market that's running for 10 years. So that is, for me personally, technically a dangerous thing to do because you're actually buying a market right at the top. Now, we've seen it over the years. The moment anything just looks too wonderful and it will arise forever, you'll get to a point where it will trigger. Now, my big thing is not the inverse head and shoulder because, I mean, the, the S&P 500 has priced everything to perfection. My big thing is this rising wedge that's been developing. Now, we've got a rising wedge. We've maybe got a double top because they, every time that it gets to that 3028, let's call it 330, there's some resistance. But the first sign of weakness will be, strangely enough, when the market goes below 2976. When it gets below 2976, we can easily see a nasty pullback. Now I'm talking about the tiny pullback, maybe a tiny pullback back to 2954 and even 2928. But the big thing is, and Lindsay, that is the big thing, when 2884 yes. breaks on the S&P 500, then we're going to see a double top playing its role, and that can take the index, strange enough, all the way down to 2,625. That's about a 300-point a, a drop, almost a 10% drop, out of this falling uh, rising wedge. And I'm just worried because the whole world is chasing, let's call it, the American dollar, Mm -hmm. because it's the strongest currency in the world and they're chasing the strongest market in the world because that is where they can get this momentum grow from. And we've seen it with any share. You can talk about, let's call it the, the, the alphabets of the world. You can call whatever you want to, even an apple, when everything looks too rosy. And you know what? I always bring my, take my mind back to a share with the name of Blackberry. Oh, yes. Many years ago, <laughs> nothing could go wrong with BlackBerry. And everybody just chased BlackBerry because that was the, the new thing of the world and the flavor of the year and the flavor of the month. Because when you chat to somebody, they had a BlackBerry phone. And this is exactly like the S&P. Everybody in the world wants now an exposure to the American markets. They want to be in the Dow Jones. They want to be in the S&P 500. They want to be in the NASDAQ. And then on the other hand, I just say to myself, if that is the case, I believe that my overbought indicator is going to be right. Maybe not now, 
but I would rather than sit on the side and say to myself, maybe I missed out on this last 5 or 10% rally in the, in the S&P 500, and then I'll rather sit back. Because when the S&P 500 is going to trigger a proper sell, the whole world, all these markets across the board, is going to be hammered to pieces. And that's my nervous, and that's why I'm sticking to my guns. I'm very worried about the S&P 500. And if you really think about it, when an indicator remained topish for so long, we know that when it comes back and it starts to go and show momentum to the downside, these indicators are going to remain low for quite a long time. And that is my biggest worry because everybody will pump in money. They will believe it will carry on. And as they pump in money, this market will just plummet. Aussie top 40 now, obviously linked inextricably with the US markets, the S&P 500, the Dow, etc. But what do you see on the Aussie top 40 and the all share overall on the JSC Securities Exchange? You know what is the interesting, Lindsay? I only, uh, almost you can say, heard about it yesterday. You know, with the, with the process unbundling out of NASPAR, mm-hmm. um, we all thought that process will be like an inward listing and it will not be included in the top 40 index. But we were all wrong. Now they want to include the process shares into the top 40. And what happened by doing that? By doing that is we're going to, remain in a, let's call it an international market, which we call the top 40. Because the top 40 does not reflect the South African economy at all. It actually reflects what's happening in the NASDAQ. Because NASDAQ is driven by all these top companies and where's Tencent? Tencent is coming from the east and everybody chases Tencent or Alphabet or Google or whatever you call it. They chase those shares because that's the growth shares. And if I look at the top 40, that chart worries me. Because if I look at the top 40, and I, I'm, you know, I'm watching it day by day, and I'm watching it week by week. Now, if you look at the top 40 index, there's something quite interesting happening there. We're almost sitting on, like we call, a beautiful double top scenario that's slowly but surely evolving. It's, it's, it's not 100% clear. Yes, of course, we sit also here with a a inverse head and shoulder that can play out to the top. What worries me is on this side, the stochastic is already showing us lower eyes all the way. Now, again, a stochastic that shows you some lower eyes shows you that the market is losing momentum. Now, for those listeners that maybe got the charts, if you look at it in May 2019, the, the stochastic was well above 99, well, 98, sorry, and I'm talking about a weekly chart here. Yeah? Then what happened in um, 18th of June, let's call it June during this year, the stochastic went as high as 88. And the market could not make a new high. At the moment, the indicator is almost, let's call it, at 50. And again, the market cannot make a new high. So what it tells us, every time that there's a little bit of buying, there's some sellers coming in. And the way that I'm analyzing the market at the moment This market of ours were brilliantly strong for the last three weeks. What happened in two days? We lost almost 3.5% of that rally in two days. And that tells me there's a lot of sellers around and that they're keen to sell the market. And as we speak, we're not far away from our 40-week moving average on the top 40. The 40-week moving average is sitting at 49,898. And we, at the moment... 
is trading at 50,179. So it's a mere 500 points from turning the 40-week moving average back into a resistance. So, Lindsay, for me personally, the top 40 index needs to break, and it's quite a while from here, it needs to break above 52,730 before <laughs> I can say the market wants to push a little bit higher. And what worries me the most is that everybody is talking pump, pump your money into the top 40, pump your money into the top 40. And we've said it before on the show when we chatted last time, I'll rather buy all these bond out South African shares because they are rock bottom. They price to almost disaster than to chase the top 40 now. Where Where is the biggest component? I mean, from when the when they do, do the rebalancing, maybe on Monday, it will be NASPERS and process. And that means we actually have a market chasing these high technology shares that's been rallying for years. And that makes me worry more than anything. Don't worry too much, uh, Franz de Klerk. Thanks so much for your insight, uh, Franz de Klerk. How do we get hold of you again? Please remind us, Franz de Klerk. Lindsay, it's quite easy. Everybody can just go to my website, www.francedeclerc.com, and they can get all my services uh, on there. And you know what's nice nowadays? I see a lot of guys are starting to join our Aussie group. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's full. Mm -hmm. We haven't got a place for somebody new. But what the guys are starting to learn is to realize that when you want to trade full-time or you want to make a living out of it, you cannot teach yourself within a week or two. You need at least a few months to get it under your belly, and then you will trade successfully. And that makes me more excited than anything else, because even in a terrible economy, you can teach yourself and you can um, get yourself to a point where you can earn something out of the market. And that's what I like most. And at the moment, I'm more bearish than bullish. But you know me, I'm waiting for this bear market. Franz de Klerk is an independent financial analyst, technical analyst, and he's based in the Groot Kureur, somewhere north of here. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.